Welcome back, folks, to Two Bits, One Puck. I'm your host, Mr. Intangibles, a cupboard ripper, and a history chasing boy, Dan Masters, with my good friend, a man currently stuck in the eat, sleep, change nappy, repeat life, Leverett Human. Will, how are you doing? Uh, yes, that's pretty pretty accurate, to be honest, Dan. That's, that's 100% it. Loving, loving going to bed at uh, 8 o'clock of an evening and waking up at 5. That's beautiful, beautiful shit right there. Um, yeah, right. It's, it's what it is. What have you been doing to those cupboards then? What have you been tearing some cupboards out of you? Uh, we're having the uh, we, as we already, as we like to do quickly, a little a little slice of life here on Super One Puck. Sometimes, <laughs> uh, when we bought this house initially, it needed a ton of work doing for it. That's why we got um, a big house in a nice area that's detached, really cheap, because it needed a lot of work. And when I say so far. In the life cycle of this house, we've spent tens of thousands of pounds fixing it. It's not a lie. Multiple tens of thousands of pounds fixing this house. And a lot of things that we fixed when we moved into the house were just stop gaps. Okay, this will do for now so we can move in. In a few years, we're going to have to get it sorted out and have to get it fixed. So I don't think I mentioned this before, but in the entire house, the only things that are in this house when we bought them are the stairs, the radiators one door that's underneath the stairs and the fireplace. So everything else was completely changed. Carpets, floors, paint, light fixtures, anything you can think of in this, like windows, front and back door, patio door, all that kind of stuff has been changed. And we just got to the point where we've been in this house now for, this will be our ninth year in this house this, this year, and the kitchen's just looking old and tired. Being the man who just decides to go ahead and do things as I do, I'm a slave to my whims, Will, a lot of people tell me. And I just decided I'm sick of the kitchen, so it's getting changed. So I didn't tell my wife and just started ripping out cupboards. So she came home on Monday night and was very surprised to see that two or three cupboards from the kitchen were now missing and things have been changed around. (laughs) But I'm the kind of guy who, you know, those guys who I would rather beg for forgiveness than ask for permission. That's me in a nutshell completely. I'll just do stuff and I'll worry about it later. It's not like you've gone to a strip club or whatever, or you've, you've gone out on the rats. Do you know what I mean? Like asking, surely it's a benefit to her, and it's quite an important, <laughs> you know, an important thing to start ripping out a kitchen and begging for forgiveness. I feel is like a different level of transgression rather well, than like, okay, yeah, it's it's not begging for okay, forgiveness. Well, you, she wasn't you're like going to go out and buy a new house and be like, <laughs> wow, I thought it'd be a surprise. Yeah, we can't afford the mortgage, but you forgive me, right? Like it's fucking. The wording, the wording of that saying makes it sound more harsh than it is. But I feel like if you said to your missus, maybe we should do something with the kitchen, and she went, yeah, you're probably right. And then you just didn't discuss anything with her and just decided to just start destroying the place. She might come home and go, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> well, we said we'd do something with the kitchen. She was like, yeah, but I would like to have been included a little bit. I'm like, well, I will, but do you know what it was as well? I knew she'd say no to ripping those cupboards out. I knew she'd say no, so I just did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a lot. It's a lot better when you put it like that. It's a lot better. You yeah, knew she wouldn't want it, so you're like, well, f- well, I want to, so fuck her. I'm gonna do yeah. it. Yeah. How about if I just do it and then destroy the cupboards? You can't, you can't rebuild them then, can you? So that's what I did. Yeah, you're t- taking a uh, taking action, Dan. It's, it's very yeah. That's um, what it is. That's what it is. I appreciate I'm proactive. Brave of you. I, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. That, yeah. Hashtag brave. Thank you. I uh, I'm <laughs> I'm feeling very proud of myself. But it's also our kitchen's not that big. And we had the three cupboards that I got rid of. There was maybe five things in each of them. And so this is ridiculous. We can make the kitchen nicer and brighter and cleaner and look kind of neater if we just get rid of all this crap. 
So I just like we just threw them away and yeah, it looks better already. But now like the heavy work comes in now. Now we've got to paint it all. I've got to put a new floor down and all that kind of stuff. So, but I'm looking forward to it because it's going to look good when it's finished. I I can only imagine having seen cupboards come off the walls before. Like the mess that has been left behind on the wall from where the cupboard was does <laughs> not necessarily look better than having the cupboard there. <laughs> like I said, it's going to be at least a two or three coats of paint job on our walls because some of the cupboards, when, like I said, when we moved in. This house hadn't been touched in 30 years. So when we moved in, the paint that was on the walls was just left and we just we just put the cupboards over it. Because I'm, I'm not going to paint the whole new wall and then put a cupboard over it. We just put cupboards over that. And then, yeah, taking those cupboards off the, the other day was kind of, oh my God. I was kind of thinking I was going to find like the lost treasure of the Sierra Madre behind there or something. <laughs> but no, no such luck. Jesus. Anyway, let's move on. I wanted to get into the first thing this week, was the TV deal. I know we had a quick chat about it last week, and it led into the hilarious players loving naps conversation. That, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that I must admit, I did go back and listen to last week's show, because that made me laugh so much about our discussion Hi- about naps and stuff. But Highlight of the week. Highlight of the week. So more details came out. It's the, it's the A deal for the TV deal that ESPN have acquired. So they're going to get 25 regular season games on ESPN or ABC, early round playoff series, one conference final, four Stanley Cup finals, and then more than a thousand games per season on ESPN, ES, uh, sorry, ESPN Plus and Hulu, which is kind of annoying because we don't get ESPN Plus in this country. So I'll just have to keep yeah. watching it the ways I watch it, which is not my, entirely legal. My, under, my understanding of that was that NHL TV would die in the States and just become like an international thing. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't, ah, oh, that's interesting then. That was that was why my understanding because NHL TV doesn't exist in Canada. I think it's part of the Sportsnet like Sportsnet Now package or whatever. Ah, okay, okay. I think at least. But the that's the one that the one that's made me think about this is the link between ESPN and BT Sport over here. Yeah, because ESPN is part of the BT Sport package here, isn't it? I think I think some of it is. I don't think all of it is. I think again, it's one of those things. I think it's a bit tricky and because we have ice hockey in this country on Premier Sports. Which we've talked That's about the thing, before. Is it, is it going to have a have a knock on effect to Premier Sport, and then we might have the NHL going to BT Sport, which would be, I mean, wouldn't have like you say, wouldn't affect me because I'm not using Premier Sport anyway. But it'd be better, I think, to have it on BT Sport than Premier Sport. Yeah, same here. I mean, I'm like, like I said, I'm still going to just watch it the way I watch it now, which is just on my computer via questionable means. Because yeah, you open open Google Chrome, and then magically there's NHL games in front of you. It's just yeah, it's amazing. It happens. It's just bizarre, really. But I don't know. I the thing the thing with this is is that it's it's all about it's all about content. That's all that the TV companies want now. They just need stuff to fill up their schedules because there's all the TV companies on cable and there's all their extra streaming services. So the the argument for years was that oh cable TV's dying, satellite TV's dying. It's all going to be Netflix. You know, because obviously we have Sky in this country, which is a satellite based subscription service. But it's all going to be streaming. And yet people have cancelled their cable or satellite, the cutting the cord thing and all that. It's kind of turned around now where the people are paying just as much because there's so many streaming services. So just off the top of my head, I thought of like Netflix, Disney+, Plus, Apple TV, Hulu, Discovery+, Plus, Paramount+, Plus, Amazon Prime as well in the UK. And there's BT Sport and Premier Sports, which you can also subscribe to in this country. And that's not to mention all the little kind of singular companies like Shudder that do horror movies and, and ones like that where there's just you know that's they just do one thing that's like seven or eight things immediately and now there's so many streaming services that 
all they want is content. And my kind of, I don't know if it's a worry or not, but my thought was when they first signed this deal, oh, it's great. It's going to be on ESPN all the time. That's amazing. We're going to get a game every two or three days, but it's not. It's 25 games a season. And then it's mostly going to be for ESPN+. And like you've said before, a while ago, hockey is just not that sort of lucrative in certain markets. And they can dress it up all they want. And I hope that ESPN... Because everybody seems so happy to have it on ESPN, I hope that ESPN will promote it better and push it a certain way, and you know maybe even have a, a word in some teams' ears, you know, before the game, do this, do that, you know, make something, you know, make it look good, make this look good, because it early on it kind of occurs to me or looks like to me that oh okay we just need this for content, it's just a content grab rather than we're super super stoked to have it back on ESPN. Yeah, but you ain't you ain't investing. 450 million whatever the the number is that's around that 450 million dollars a season just to fill the schedule do you know what i mean you get fucking dude i don't know you get you get high school handball to do that for 50 quid a game or whatever you know what i mean it's that's still as much as espn is like a mega corporation it's you know owned by disney now so like money ain't a thing borderline half a billion dollars a season for seven years that's still a that's still a wedge to invest so I, th- I think it is still a positive. You're, you're absolutely right that in the long run, like this deal is probably more about the streaming rights than having it on t- TV proper. But I still think that there's obviously a drive to have those rights to the TV proper. Otherwise, they wouldn't be bothered about yeah four games of the cup final, an entire of one of the conference finals, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They you know they probably haggle for less just to get a few regular season games to pepper in here and there, but. The fact that they're making such a massive investment, I think, shows that they do think there is still a market for for those who aren't cutting the cord just yet, be it older people, be it less tech-savvy people, whoever it might be. Because especially, I think, in like the older demographics, sports is still a massive thing. I reckon 40, 40 plus males, it's still, sports is still going to be probably one of the main things, if not the bulk of the television that they watch. And it's not going to be through streaming services. Is going to largely be through through the telly. Like say, say my dad, for example, like he still pays for like a Sky Sports subscription and all that, even though he's fairly fairly tech savvy. Like he uses a computer for work and stuff. Like I have no doubt that he'd be able to get his bloody head around Netflix or like a sports streaming service. But it's what it's what they know, and like I think it's that that element of having it on the box. Just to be able, bam, flick through a couple of channels. You got ESPN one, ESPN two, ESPN three, whatever it is. CR, you got golf on one channel, you got hockey on another, you got baseball on another. Like it's that. That is still an important money spending demographic, especially because I think a lot of the demos that are switching to cord cutting are more frugal or maybe don't have the the cash available that. The, the boomers, as we like to call them, Dan, have <laughs> and are spending still spending on their terrestrial TV. That's not a bad point. That isn't. That's not a bad point. I um, thank you. That's why I, I, I kind of. That's <laughs> why I have you on the show. <laughs> My comparable to this was the latest deal that World Wrestling Entertainment got, which is something I'm also kind of aware of being a wrestling fan. I don't watch WWE and haven't for Christ ten over ten years, maybe longer than that. I'm kind of aware of the sort of financial goings-on and all that kind of thing. And their ratings are just absolutely in the toilet. They've been declining year on year since something like 2012. 
and they're now a, you know they they now break records every week for doing the lowest lowest ratings they've ever done. Yet mm. they got a billion dollar deal from whichever network they're on because they produce live content and they have this huge library of um, like tapes at Christ, not tapes, like old matches. They, they like, like an archive. They have the yeah. they have like the match archive where they just own everything that that you can just put out there. And they had the WWE Network, which was basically their version of Netflix, which has just been, they've just sold all of that and now it doesn't exist anymore. They've sold that over to NBC as part of Peacock because they want to start pushing that. And all the all the talk was, yeah, we just, we need content. You know, we have space to fill. And I think I think the test would be, it would be interesting if if there's a conference final one year and it's, Christ, let me think. Arizona versus LA. I don't even know if these matchups work because of the divisions. I'm just going to say them. Arizona versus LA against Christ. Two, pick two crappy out of market teams that could be the other conference final. I don't even know. Well, I can't even think. Col- Columbus versus Ottawa. How about Arizona. that? Ottawa, yeah. Ottawa. There you Absolutely. go. It'd be interesting any, to see any, how they Canadian would handle team. that. Yeah, I, I think. I don't know. Is that not an issue in any other sport though? Like, surely in in like I understand the NFL is of is like a, a it draws no matter what. But like, say you get a shitty a shitty basketball NBA finals. Like, I don't know. Again. See, that's the thing. I don't know enough. You see, like, yeah, the NFL doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who's playing it. Fans will watch it. They want to watch it. And I think the same. I do this. I do think the same goes for basketball now. I think it's at that point now where there's enough teams that are good enough. That there's enough star players on a team that you can build around those players. And that's the thing we've had before with the NHL is that even the best players outside of the NHL, they can walk down the street and nobody knows who they are. So you can't really build to a market because you can't say it's Columbus and Ottawa. You're like, oh my God, Liney versus Stutzler. Let's go. It kind of, because everyone's going to go, who? <laughs> Who's that? Who are they? I don't know who they are. That's not Wayne Gretzky. Who are they? <laughs> kind of thing. And it'd be interesting but, to see. I do think I think the other three sports have that advantage that they've just been there forever and people will just watch it regardless. So yeah, I, I'd be intrigued more, to see if that happened. I, I'd imagine the marketing will be more around teams though, wouldn't it? Like especially where a lot of hockey highlights, you know, that you have in your little stabs for this weekend, game one of the Stanley Cup final between fucking whoever. Like the highlights that you always get in those television hits are so fast that it kind of doesn't matter who it is. It's just about bam! Look at this big hit. Bam! Look at this deep. Bam! Look at this slap shot. Like it's not. I'd imagine, like you say, because you you are right. The the marketability of the players themselves, outside of a very select few that is thinning as every day goes by, it's not there. It's not there compared to the other sports. So yeah, I, I think they'll just lean into the teams and like the history of the teams and stuff like that, and maybe make it more of like a regional kind of city by city thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like support your city. Kind of thing, you know. If you, yeah, like I say, it's Columbus versus Ottawa. Support your team. Support Columbus. Get behind your team. I'd, I'd, I'd like oh, to know also what ESPN. Obviously, this is just for the the rights to the games and everything. I'd love to know what they would spend on marketing and stuff like that if they're going to really push. You know, like a, when a big. We got taught years in in film studies that if you ever see the budget for a film, add another half on top of that because that's what they'll spend on marketing. It's not just the cost of making the film because then they'll go crazy and market it. And I'd hope that I'd like to see what ESPN do in regards to that in in marketing the game and trying to push it. And that's I think you I think you've got a good idea, you know, like market your city that you live in or the state that you live in or something like that. 
I think the first couple of years, at the very least, it would be heavily marketed, and then they'll kind of take stock from there and be like, right, are we actually getting anywhere with this, or should we, you know, dial it back a bit and push it on to move it to the golf channel? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Whatever fucking ESPN's equivalent is, higher start, line. start, start, start like doing that. that Premier Sports thing where it's like, yeah, you blacked out on NHL TV, but we ain't showing it live. We'll we'll show you it like the next day at eleven o'clock in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> so fucking cool, mate. Thanks. It's a good thing though, I suppose, isn't it? At least it's it at is, least a fresh it is. A breath of fresh air. Definitely. It can't be it can't be any worse. It cannot be any worse. And ESPN is the biggest sports company in the world, without a doubt. Not the biggest sports channel, media provider, whatever you want to fucking call it. It's fucking enormous. And we can't just turn our noses up at finally getting the NHL back on ESPN just because we're worried that it's gonna be shit because because the NHL shit, like we've got, to, you've got to, you've got to appreciate it for what it is, and and at least let the chips fall where they may. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, God, yeah. On on balance of power, I'm ninety percent pleased and chuffed, and I think it's great. And to have all that money behind it is great. And I hope that you know, in in twenty two years, when all this escrow stuff's been sorted out, the cap might go up by you know an extra million dollars or something. That'd be really good for the players to actually start making a bit more money compared to their uh, North American counterparts. But one thing I was going to mention about, you have to get past, if in, in marketing terms, you have to get past that kind of old school hockey guy because Curtis Gabriel's got some blowback this week. And it wasn't, it's not crazy. It's not, you know, like mad. It's, but it's that kind of, oh, okay. Yeah, we get it. You like to be a presence on social media. Great. Maybe just like, just, just play the game now. That'll do, you know, calm down kind of thing i was like what like come on that's not how it's i I don't understand how even even companies that want to talk you know like radio companies or radio shows or tv shows or anything they just have this they just seemingly don't want to talk about anything outside of the actual game of hockey whereas the other sports it's all about what happens in free agency it's all about the background beefs it's all about Oh my god! You see what this player said about this player in the news and all that kind of thing. That's what draws people into it. They want that drama, and then you get players in hockey who are going out on social media trying to just make a name or do stuff or be a bit wacky, and then they just kind of you know they have to get shot down straight away. Who was giving this blowback? Was it like members of the media? Yeah, there was there was some. I do this every bloody week, and I cannot remember where I heard it. <laughs> I was listening to a TSN show, not Overdrive. It was one of the other ones. I because I'll sometimes check out like the Winnipeg feet. Like, I'll try and catch the Win- uh, the Vancouver show or whatever. I can't remember where it was, but there was some things on because when I heard it, I then went onto Twitter and sort of I did a quick search for Curtis Gabriel, and it was just a, and again, it was nothing horrible. It was nothing like oh my god, get this guy out of the league. He's terrible, you know, nothing like that. It was just. Okay, mate, we get it. You know, you like to have fun, but you know, maybe dial it back a bit. No, just, just play, okay? Just play. We don't, you know, there's no need. Just, just play the game. And it wasn't everybody either. Some people were like, "Oh, this is great," but you still have to get rid of that kind of, like we've said before, you're playing for the the crest on the front, not the name on the back, kind of thing. Yeah, that and that's, but that's always going to be a problem, isn't it? Like, because because it is a, a league full of just old people and like old ways of thinking <laughs> all from from the league down like everyone in hockey culture is that way they're like backwards reductive thinkers of course when someone like gabriel comes out and especially using the young person's format of social media to spread a, a positive message for you know social change and social issues like of course he's gonna get blowback from fucking stuffy old bastards like fucking larry brooks and 
Spectre or whoever it fucking might be. Yeah, you're right. I guess it's just a. It'll just move with time, I suppose. Yeah, we'll like, get it like, eventually. Like hopefully, hopefully we'll we'll end up with more than just Curtis Gabriel to talk about. Like, you know yeah, what I mean? one player on social media actually trying to do stuff on there, and make it exciting. Do anyway. you uh, do you fancy a bit of breaking news, dear Danny boy? Oh, fucking love a bit of breaking news, mate. Get me, hit me, as, hit me. As we speak, fourteen minutes ago. Well, maybe not fourteen minutes ago. It was reported fourteen minutes ago. Any guesses? Any guesses on the breaking news? What do you reckon? All right, quick yes, no game. Is it a trade? No. Is it a sacking? Yes. <laughs> no, of course it isn't. So it's a sacking. It's a sacking, and it is... Is it a coach? It's a coach. All right, it's got to be Freddy Krueger. It is. It's, it's Freddy Ralph Krueger. Oh, no. See you later, Ralphie. Back to, back Kevin to the Kevin, what are you doing? He's going to get his nightmares haunted now. That's it. He's condemned <laughs> to a life of misery every time he goes to sleep. <laughs> Poor guy, it's, it's got to be done. To be fair, my uh, my estimation of, of Kevin Brother Wise gone up now because he's sacrificed himself, or at least his good night's sleep for uh, for the. <laughs> I, I, can I? Can we even say for the betterment of the Buffalo Sabers? Like, dude, I don't even. I don't. We can't. We can't deep dive the Buffalo Sabers every week. But... <laughs> yes, we, yes, we can. Yes, we can. <laughs> we can, but oh my god! Yeah, I mean, of course he was going to go eventually because, like, what you. You kind of have to, don't you? Fucking hell! It's just it was just if it was just one thing after another. It was just one thing after another. And you know what? Fair play to Freddy Krueger. What's he getting paid a year? Like three and a half million, something like that. I'd imagine and he's, uh, he's just squeaking it out again. Yeah, just gonna go sit at home. Hey, maybe maybe he'll come back to the Premier League with the with big promises of everything he learned in hockey. Yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna become a director of football for I don't know, West Brom or something. Here we, Here we go. <laughs> Now, if there's one thing I've learned about being head coach of the Buffalo Sabres, it's being shit. So let me come and help you. And there's the thing, like I, I get it. The whole the whole thing is a goddamn mess. But there's nothing's ever going to change in that place. I don't know what changes. How do you how do you fix something that's unfixable? Because it's not like they've always had bad players. They've not always tried to bottom out. Sometimes sometimes they've had good teams. They have decent players now. But they just all look completely, completely lost. Completely lost. It's it's a weird one, but I do I do lay like a decent amount of the blame at Kruger's feet this season because like, oh, he was meant to come in. He was, he was meant to be coming in with like he's, he's a new style coach. He's got different, you know, the different ideas to that and the other. He's he's a real Renaissance man, like. And then he ends up fucking scratching Jeff Skinner and chucking him on the fourth line, thinking it's going to make him start scoring goals. Not to say I think Jeff Skinner is like good but it's that again reductive old school thinking of like ah my goal scorer ain't scoring goals i better put him on the fourth line and tell him to finish his checks so that he can earn the right to try and score goals against like you you're exposing yourself as a fucking mug when you start doing that sort of nonsense so i think that kind of was a bit of a window into ralph kruger being the john shaker of progressive coaches (laughs) i wonder who they're gonna get i wonder they're gonna, gonna they're gonna go who? they're gonna go old school, aren't they? I think I think Boudreaux. I think they're gonna go Boudreaux. Just go completely the opposite way again. Okay, we can't have a forward thinker. We need we need a guy to come in, steady the ship. You know, bag skate the players for forty five minutes after every game because <laughs> that's what these but, guys need. But what do you reckon? Daryl Sutter's gonna take on a second. He's gonna take on like a, <laughs> he's gonna start moonlighting as a Sabres coach as well. <laughs> he's been seconded to go work in Buffalo for. <laughs> 
<laughs> two days a week. <laughs> he's he's doing yeah yeah this is it he does yeah does two two in each and then Wednesdays are, are travel days. Yeah. <laughs> and like we say, who's... finish at two o'clock on a Friday and there's your long weekend. Fucking fucking easy. Who, who's going to take that job though? I, I reckon they go interim to the end of the season and then I don't know get another new GM in the off season. But the thing is, like again, it. Isn't it Kevin with a wise first season? Full season? I, th- I think so. I can't yeah, remember. So, I mean, you can't Botchel, expect Yeah, Botchel got to... fired mid-last season, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. That's what I mean. And he's a new... G- you see, that's weird, though, hiring a new GM for a team that that's... The, 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 a team that bad. And I know we can laugh at, you know, like the old white guy, oh, Brian Burke, what a surprise. But for a team that bad, sometimes you just need to... Okay, we need a guy who can just take care of the basics. Okay, we need somebody who knows how it works, knows what to do in hockey, and if they can get us to a point, okay, then we can look at, okay, maybe we need a bit more or whatever. But sometimes you just need, for a team this bad, you need it. You know, if they go out of the box again, I think it's a massive mistake. And I'm the first to say, oh my God, I can't believe they hired the same guy again. Because as we say loads of times, because HR can't be asked to print out a new fucking terms and conditions for somebody in the NHL. They just need an NHL guy who knows what goes on. But Buffalo need that. They need a. If Kevin with a Y loses his job, they're going to need that kind of GM coach tandem that's been there for 20 years, knows what's going on, and can actually just, you know, lay down the law, I guess. Jimmy uh, Jimmy Rutherford, do you reckon? Not that we're talking about a GM having been sacked already, but like. <laughs> I mean, it's coming, it's isn't it? If he's going to get sacked one day. Of. How about this? How about this? Mr. Babcock. How about Mikey Babcock? I think he's the only person who I would see, only like high profile name that I would understand taking that job. Anyone like Boudreaux or Gallant or whatever. Why are you taking a job where the only, like the star player, Jack Eichel, is, I, I, I can't imagine sacking Ralph Kruger is going to get you closer to having Jack Eichel want to stay. You know what I mean? Not that he was necessarily like a big Kruger mark or anything like that. But if I'm Jack Eichel, it's like, oh, here we fucking go again. Like, all right, we'll sat the coach, then the summer we'll sat the GM, and then we'll start all over again, and we'll still be shit. And I'm probably still, I'm probably thinking if I'm, if I'm Jack Eichel, I would have already handed in my trade request. By now, surely he's got to be thinking, this is a fucking farce. Well, he must have done, because it, I can't, I can't imagine that trade rumours and stuff like that, when they come out, just come out of nowhere. I'm sure, I'm sure like 5-10% of them do, that it's just the writer thinking, oh, this would be kind of funny, like, let's go this. But I think sometimes, you know, like an agent or somebody will say, just to gauge, just to gauge interest, just put Jack's name out there, just in case, you know, just to see, you know, what would the return be if, you know, if you wanted to leave kind of thing. And I do think that's maybe what happened. Because like, like, how, how can he be, he's now... He's now the new Connor. Like, it's it's sad Jack. You know, hashtag free Jack. That's what it is. We're just looking at this really good player just dying death. Yeah, without without any hope coming along with him. No. Their next tie is going to be crucial. Like, th- that's it. I Like, like I think kind of McDavid this year, that was kind of, all right, look, you've got, I'll give you another year, but if this just keeps going like this, why, why would I stay? And as we mentioned a million times, Jack Eichel, he's only got to look at the guy whose position he took, Ryan O'Reilly. What did he do? Went and found his smile, won a Con Smythe, won a Stanley Cup, got everything he ever wanted because he left Buffalo. And, you know, and do you know, do you know what? It's interesting. Jack Eichel hasn't got a no move or no trade or even modified. Yeah, that's, that's so he is fully, fully tradable. Who, si- 
who signed him to that deal? Was it Bottrell? Or was it... No. Uh, uh, oh, would have been... What's his name? No, it would have been Bottrell, wouldn't it? Well, not um, not, te, not te, Tim Murray? Te, Tim Murray? Tim Curry? Been. Fuck, what was his name? How do you not give him a mo- at least a modified no-trade? Fucking hell. Just another layer of what the fuck. That is mad. Yeah, you're, you're asking for trouble with that, really, aren't you? But then, then I suppose in some ways... The the cap it is his is his no trade, isn't it? I don't know. I suppose, but there's there's always teams that have got cap space though. There's, there always oh, is yeah, every definitely. year. There's a team that's playing bad. Yeah, they've got loads of cap space. At least you can do that. You know, at least you can play with that in free agency. Yeah, I don't know, but not surprising. Not surprising. Fucking hell, twelve games in a row. Jesus, it's outscored so forty nine to nineteen. <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> diabolical, diabolical. Oh. And maybe they're going to get somebody else, maybe to be uh, really progressive, they should get another former Southampton head coach to take over at Buffalo. That'd be good. Or like a Southampton manager. What are Keegan's up to these days? Do, do you reckon they can get Poch out of PSG? Feels a bit early. Hey, maybe. Maybe. That would be a good shout, yeah. Hey, do- <laughs> Rizzio, no. I know you currently have got like Neymar and Mbappe. Do you want to come and look after fucking Jeff Skinner? <laughs> Turn, no, turns no, out like... <laughs> The the Buffalo Sabres have signed free agent Deli Alley to be their second line centre. <laughs> the Sabres have got this really good young defenseman called Toby Alderweireld. I don't know. He seems to have popped out of nowhere. Yanking the uh, the Buffalo Sabres have paid thirty million dollars to Benfica for Jan Vertonghen. Fucking <laughs> Victor Wanyama playing fourth line minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fucking shout out the big Vic! I fucking love that guy. Jesus what a guy. Christ, fucking, um, fucking legend! Tom Huddleston getting in there. I reckon he'd be a good check and forward, wouldn't it? <laughs> fucking hell! I'll say, oh my god! Oh, oh, I don't think it'd do. I don't think we've got enough crossover that we could do it. But Christ, if we did a draft like footy players, but playing hockey, that fourth line, fucking Wanyama, Tom Huddleston, and I don't know who else. Who else would you stick on that fourth line? Your For, checking uh, line. Well, big bruiser. Oh, what? Yeah, if, bruiser. We, if we're just if we're just doing Tottenham players, what was that guy's name? Sandro. Oh yeah, <laughs> Sandro. Fucking sorry, right out. There you go. There you go, Buffalo. We've just sold your check-in. There you go. There's a fourth line for you. I can have a bit of that. Jeez. If we if we did do that footy players draft, like Petr Cech would be the first overall pick, wouldn't it? Yeah. Do you know what? You're absolutely right. You're absolutely. I wonder how he's doing. I'm not going to look at that now because I've got time, but. That's a great uh, shot. Yeah, I have no great idea shout. what Petacek is up to. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't even know if he's still playing for Guildford or not, but... It's probably probably shit. not, I reckon. I'd imagine uh, COVID put a stop to that, but... Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, good point. <laughs> I didn't think of that. <laughs> Maybe. But who's, who's to say? Who's to say? All right, let's start the show. Oh, go on, then. First stars of the week this week are Phil Grubauer, who uh, apparently stops things, and Maria Saavedra. Maria is a food service technician who works at UC Health in Aurora, Colorado. She helped to deliver 1,500 food trays a day to patients in COVID-19 units, burn center units, and loads more. Maria, you are a legend. Hats off to you, Maria. Hats off. Hats off. 
Uh, Two Bits One Puck is, of course, brought to you by Manscaped. I know I said it last week, but people, we are going to be dating again soon. Lockdown will be ending. You are going to be out there. You'll make a good first impression. I don't want to keep being crude, but there's a reason why you need to take care of those bits, men and women. You know, don't want to get any nasty smells. Don't want to be getting hairs in your teeth. It's so bad. It's it's not a good look. You know, it's really not. It's the year 2021. It's not 1983 anymore. Full bushes are out, but just keep it nice and neat, okay? No one's asking for smooth. That's a bit weird in my opinion, but just keep it, you know, nice and neat. Manscaped has launched the Lawnmower 3.0 in the UK. It's got a light on it. You can use it in the shower. I mean, that's just insane. The fact you can use it in the shower and A, it's not going to kill you and B, it's not going to blow itself up is fantastic. It has a 7,000 RPM motor. It's got the ceramic blade so you can take care. There's huge reduction in the risk of catching your skin as well. So no cutting or chafing. There's guards you can use if you want to. You get the toner, you get the deodorant, all great stuff. Go to manscaped.com. You get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BRITS. That's manscaped.com. 20% off and free shipping with the code BRITS. We're also sponsored by Wave Intel. Any hockey team, any player, comparison charts, there's data out of the wazoo. I think that's Jason's um, mission statement to his team. Just get me enough data so I can have it coming out of the wazoo. That you can <laughs> you can check you can check GM drafting histories so you can shout at any part of your team if you get really angry with them. Wave Intel online and on Twitter, being smart so you don't have to. Check out Three Men and Their Babies podcast at men underscore babies on Twitter. And we are anywhere. You can listen to podcasts, iTunes, Amazon Music, Spotify, smart speakers, anywhere. Leave us a review. Helps us a lot. And even tell a friend if you like us. Or if you hate somebody, tell them to listen to us and they can then uh, suffer through us as well. There you go. All right. <laughs> Arguably more effective way of... Uh, I'd, I'd definitely go the hate route before uh, before going the love route. I can't get my words oh, out. Oh, yeah. Get people, to, get people to hate. Uh, get people to hate listen to us. My wife, my wife hate follows a few people on Facebook for sure, which I don't get. She follows people on Facebook and she'll, you know, she's friends with them and she'll, every time they post something, she'll just go, oh, can, can you just believe? I mean, why? Why do, you, why do you even, why do you, why are you even friends with them? You don't even talk to them in real life. It's like, you just like hate following them so you can whinge about them. Like, yeah, that's right, I do. I've, I've definitely taken the extremely mature and grown up decision to mute certain people on, on various platforms recently. You, you know oh, those people who have... like, you can't, you can't unfollow them because that's going to be, yeah, or unfriend them or whatever because that shows that you're annoyed with them and their social media presence. But a little mute so you don't have to see it. Doesn't, you know, outside our mind and it, it improves your well-being, I think. Absolutely. You've got to cultivate your timeline. Mute mm-hmm. people. I've got loads of, I've got about a thousand muted words on Twitter. Just things I just don't want to see on my timeline. And it works. It's great. Hockey, NHL, Boston, <laughs> Bruins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah especially the past week <laughs> but i've now taken i've now taken rebuild off my muted words list so i can talk about that to people <laughs> <laughs> that's the only bit you're allowed to talk about yeah is that, is that more related to your kitchen than uh than the bruins <laughs> yeah unfortunately it's caused a two-pronged problem where i'm now getting bruins details on my timeline <laughs> when i just want to look at like new cabinets and like shelving for a kitchen <laughs> your, your timeline is nothing but wicks and uh flute ocean as our one <laughs> Yeah, and then like money off offers for like uh, being q and home based and stuff. <laughs> okay, some sad news out of Russia that a 19-year-old Russian hockey player died after being hit in the head by a puck during a game on Tuesday. Defenseman oh. Tima Faizadinov was playing for Dynamo St. Petersburg's junior team uh, in a playoff game against Yo- Loko Yaroslav on Friday. Uh, he was struck by a puck hit from the neutral zone. 
really, really sad news. And I do think we forget sometimes how fucking dangerous hockey is as, as a sport. It's, And I've said this, it's crazy, really. We don't have more, I mean, not deaths, but at least career-ending injuries all the time. You know, the, the speed the game's played at and the sort of seriousness with which these injuries can occur. I just think it's, you know, unbelievable doesn't happen more often, but really, really sad news. Absolutely awful. Like I'm sure the message won't won't uh, won't reach the, the kids' family. But yeah, all all, all respects and thoughts to uh, Dinov's family. Christ, like nineteen, nineteen, prime of life, all of it ahead of him, and and taking away doing the thing he loves. Like, you know. So so on on that note, on that note, for for people who might be listening, beer leaguers, amateur players, whatever out there. Chuck a goddamn cage on your helmet, for fuck's sake. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like no, cage on. no one thinks you're fucking cool with your, your high visor or your no visor or whatever. Because you're the, you're the one who's going to look like a dickhead when you've got to fucking repair your teeth. Or like you get, you take, yeah, take a puck to the forehead and end up with a brain injury or worse or whatever. Like, chuck a cage on. Chuck a goddamn cage on for the sake of the people you love. I know, yeah. Like, he, I mean, who are you trying to, you know, like, beer leaguers especially, who the fuck are you trying to impress? What do you mean? You're fucking 37 years old. Do you think fucking one of the scouts from the Kings is sat in the stands going, hang on a minute, look at that right winger there. Jesus, how did he uh, never make it? If, I, if only if only he didn't have a cage on, then I'd think he was cool. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, exactly. his, uh, his skills aren't, are clearly aren't good enough for the NHL now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, just terrible. Terrible news. All right, let's move on. Eric Carlson made some uh, choice quotes this week, which were kind of interesting, not surprising at all. But he's, uh, he's quoted as saying that Obviously, I did not sign here to go through a rebuild or go through what I did for 10 years in Ottawa. It is what it is. I think we need to find a way to build with the core group that, we've ha- that we have here and figure out a way how to be competitive in the upcoming years. So, uh... And here's your problem, Eric, right? Here's your problem, Eric, is that... <laughs> is go, the... go on, say it, say it. Well, two, it's twofold, twofold. Number one, uh, you're taking over 14% of your entire team's cap hit on your own. And number two, you're not that good anymore. And so, yeah, I mean, what do you expect? What did you think was going to happen when you've already got players making... You've already got two defensemen combined making $15 million when you get there for the next five or six years. And then you decide you want $11.5 million, taking up, what's that, 14, 20, like 30% of your team's cap, or maybe more more than 30% of your entire team's cap hit. That, that those numbers don't work, Eric. You know, you've obviously you've got yourself to blame, but you know, what did you think was going to happen? I mean, to, to be fair to him, I don't think that I think it would have been reasonable to not assume the Sharks were going to go into the absolute toilet the second that he signed. Obviously, I don't know. About, I'm going to. Oh, right, no, I'll, no, you I'll, can't. No, 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 no. No, no, no. You can't, no, no. can't record it. When we're wrong, oh, when we're wrong, you, I summer 2019, out. I knew for a fact. That the Sharks were going to finish dead last in the NHL. Like, I knew it. Like, nobody said that. Nobody thought that. I don't know. I'm sure me and you, I'm not saying me, I'm sure both of us on this show were like, ooh, that's not a good idea. That's, you especially, because you hate players signing anything for term and money. <laughs> yeah. I, I, <laughs> how much? Okay, so, but how long? There were going to be questions about it. his foot, but I, did, I didn't necessarily think that the Sharks were. I don't think anyone thought the Sharks as a whole were going to implode as badly as they, as they did. Of course, there were questions about, you know, Burns being too old, Vlasic being on the decline potentially, but Carlson signing there wasn't like a... What is, it's not like he signed with the Coyotes or the Sabres or something like that, you know what I mean? But but yeah, like it's it's, it's just what happens. Like, why, why, are you, why are you complaining, mate? Like, 
It, it seems bad. <laughs> I, so what, bad. What, what is moaning to Kevin Kersley Athletic gonna gonna do? Do you know what I mean? It's like, all right, maybe maybe if, maybe if you had two feet, Eric, like maybe maybe if all of your team wasn't forty nine. <laughs> I, I watched a bit of a Sharks game the other day, uh, Sharks Vegas. It reminded me that Patrick fucking Marlowe is still in the league. It's like, come on, there's a problem. Yeah, and he's not the Patrick Marlowe in the same mould as the Zdeno Chara, Joe Thornton, where they can probably still do. They can probably still. I mean, Chara can especially still do a job. Marlowe's literally there to fill up a warm body spot and to break fucking Thingy's record for like you know, most games in NHL. That's why he's there. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent, and. Yeah, it's it's rough. I I think there's an element that like, all right, you didn't expect the team to be this bad, but it's not like you've come in and then they've suddenly started trading away everyone. Like, yeah, they didn't retain Pavelski or Thornton, but I think I don't think they're a Joe Pavelski or Joe Thornton away from making the playoffs. I will say that yeah, we when when he went to the Sharks from Ottawa, we were kind of saying, oh my god, I mean, this is now can't believe they're three. Like they've got Carlson, Burns, and Vlasic as their three defensemen. That's insane. But when yeah, he signed that deal, we for sure were going. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. What now? Like that's not a good idea. That's a really bad contract. And there were oh. already worries about his his foot being only like thirty percent usable or, or whatever it is. Like his ankles just shot from the second he signed that contract. And two two things I wanted to to bring up off that they've got. I love to do this now and again. I know we do it sometimes on the show, and I just, I just, it makes me chuckle all the time. They've got twelve players signed next season, at a total of sixty-seven and a half million dollars. <laughs> right? Oh, mate. Actually, no. Three things out of it. The second one is, which I guess is more kind of like the bigger question is, when's Doug Wilson actually going to get questioned about some of these deals? Because he never seems to. I've I never heard Doug Wilson getting slandered or slated or can you believe he did this? It's always about the players. It always seems to be, well, Eric Carlson's playing terrible. Well, it's not. If somebody puts a contract in front of me for eleven and a half million dollars for seven years, I'm not going to go. Are you sure? I'm going to like I'm going to get my pen out as quickly as I can and sign it as quickly as I can before he changes his mind. It's not Carlson's fault. Doug Wilson doesn't seem to have done his due diligence. Christ, his due diligence. Like Brent Burns, thirty-six, eight million dollars for another four and a half years. Vlasic, thirty-three, seven million for another five and a half years. Logan Couture's thirty-one. Oh, he's got at say, least even... another six years. At uh, seven. Oh no, yeah, seven, sorry, another right. six. You're right. No, you're right. You're right. Yes, they're, six they're years. Have, in two thousand twenty-five, they're going to have so many players like the wrong side of thirty-five, still making at least seven figures. Right, two thousand twenty-four, twenty-five. Right now, right now, they've got five players signed for forty-one and a half million dollars in two thousand twenty-four, twenty-five. It's fucking beautiful, isn't it? Oh, I, I understand, it. right? Okay, everyone probably thought the cap was going to go up, but it, this is the NHL. Like, did you think it was going to go from eight? Even if it went up, did you think it was going to go from eighty-one and a half to ninety-seven? Of course not. Of course it isn't. You've got to be smarter than that. And Doug Wilson just never gets any... I, I never hear him getting slated or slandered. I don't know if the same happens. I don't know if that does actually happen in San Jose and if like San Jose fans do that, but I never hear about it. I'd, I'd certainly hope they do because he... Yeah, they should. <sighs> yeah, he... I think he's kind of in that position where like he took a gamble. He had been, like To his credit, he had built a great team for a very long time. 
but now it's all imploded on him and he's kind of piled on on top of it and it's it's a bit like the Chicago situation with Bowman where like yes you did really well for a while but now the you know crows have come home to roost or whatever the saying is like you know it's all your, all your shit's caught up with you your roster has deteriorated a little bit more each year you've you've had to sacrifice a little bit more with each season for doing you know this that, and the other to retain your main players and now it's all just come down on top of you like this is just what happens if you if you carry on taking those kind of risks for, for this long, they should have blown it all up after 2016 or whatever. But that that requires hindsight to an extent, doesn't it? So so you can't you couldn't have done that necessarily, but I think he deserves some some derision, but not as much as half the other general managers in the league. Not not like he's not like on Jim Benning's level. <laughs> yeah, let's not go crazy. I don't think anyone's on that level. Let's not go nuts. Yeah, he's he's not even on like Bergevin's level or anything like that. Do you know what I mean? It's he he has done well for a long time. I think he probably should go, but only in the sense of like you need a new voice there sometime. Unless he's going to be able to commit to ownership, I'm going to do a proper rebuild, and we're going to smash it. Right. I'm really glad you brought that up because I was checking on them this morning and looking at okay. So if they did want to rebuild, if they said okay, yeah, it's clearly not working. Carlson's knackered. Carlson would be a prime 50-50 conversation, but we both know the answer would be, no, I'm not taking him, even at half of 11 and a half. There's no way I'm taking Eric Carlson's contract for that long at that price. But they've only got two really tradable assets, which is Kevin LeBanc and Timo Meyer. Both signed to decent contracts, both good players. Timo Meyer's 24, making six million a year for the next two and a half seasons. That's fine. I think that's fine. For a decent second line winger, I think that's decent money. That's I can yeah. live with that. Reasonable. Same with Kevin LeBanc, 4.725 uh, for the next three and a half years. Only 25 years old. Yep, yeah, can live with that. You know they're modified, right? So they've got Carlson and Vlasic, full no move, okay? Couture, Kane, Hurtle and Burns have modified no trades. Have you seen the details of their modified no trades? I'm just going to Burns this now. Three teams. All of them can only be they can only be traded to three teams. So it can happen at different times, but at the start of every season or during the season, or if they want to get traded or something, it's three team. It's a three team list. So unless one of those three teams is gonna go, actually, yeah, we'll take, you know, we'll take a Van der Kane with his <laughs> with his financial management issues. Or Well, yeah, if if Van der Kane's not gonna be an issue because they're gonna wipe his contracts out. <laughs> Doing him for free. All right, yeah, I'll take him for free. Are they? Well, there's that thing. Have you not seen that about his bankruptcy? Yeah, they're going to avoid his contract. Which I I have no doubt they do. If it works for Kane financially, there's no reason for the Sharks to not do that. Yeah, no, exactly. But yeah, the the rest of them, you just put three offensively capped out teams on your list, like what the fucking... The Leafs. Yeah, 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 this is it. Leafs, the Lightning. Vegas. Fucking Vegas. Vegas, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and Lightning. I, 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 wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put Vegas because it's Vegas. You never know what's going to happen there. <laughs> like we said before, they'll just make it happen. They'll they'll work it out. Like the, put the they'll Capitals on there or whatever. Like that's if if your list is that small, even if you have like a seventeen list, you can still finagle it that you yeah I've submitted a trade list of teams you trade me to, but you ain't trading me to any of those teams. So that's the thing. So in theory, you can you could say yeah, okay, Doug Wilson needs to go. We'll get someone in. We'll do a full rebuild. How are you going to full rebuild when, in theory, you can't trade away six of the seven top earners? How do you do that? 
Yeah. So no. all, all, all your untradeable <laughs> assets are the ones that are the, the issue. Yeah. I mean, you, okay, you want to trade Timo Meyer or Kevin LeBanc. You have to hope that you will then get a player like that in return. And with the cap being the way it is, teams are going to be, you know, they're going to have to move six million worth of money to get Timo Meyer in. Or they're going to have to trade away like young players or draft picks or something. And even that, like, I guess like, you know, like the Sharks mortgage the future. This is their first, this is this season that will be their first time drafting in the first round for three years. It's beautiful, isn't it? It's just, boy, did the chickens come home to roost on that one. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. I fucking, fucking have. It's, it's lovely. They're going to be Detroit level bad for the foreseeable future. Yeah. And Eric Olsen and, and ain't getting out. He ain't getting out now, is he? Who's who's no. taking that? Who is taking eleven and a half million for Eric Carlson and his one foot? It's not. It's not. Okay. <laughs> At thirty years old, year two of this contract, I fucking love it. Oh my god! Like I, I, I love Eric Carlson. It's not like I want Eric Carlson to be unhappy or be injured or have a bad career or anything. But it's just, it's just beautiful, isn't it? It, you know what it is? Yeah, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. It is that kind of, well, I don't want him to be miserable and I don't want the team to be bad because he's miserable, but it's kind of funny that that's happened <laughs> because they've just kind of gone all in and it's just completely, completely gone wrong. And even even if some guy comes in and says, right, yeah, we're going to have to trade these players. We'll just retain 50% to get them off the books. The contracts are so high. If you retain 50% of some of these contracts, that's still $10 million that's just sat there doing nothing that you can now can't use because the contracts are so bad. 50, we're going to retain 50%. Like, oh my God. Is 50%? No, it's not higher than... It's higher than Kevin LeBanks' uh, cap here. 50%. If, yeah, that's what I mean. If you were to do 50% of Carson, 50% of Brent Burns, that's $10 million, basically. Oh just for nothing. Just just dead money. I love it. I absolutely love it. God, what a mess. What an absolute mess. Kidding. But then to, to an extent, $10 million of dead cap is better than fucking, you know, uh, what is it? Having no players. $20 million of dead cap. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, when you put it like that, you got a good point. It is though, isn't we can either it? It have $20 million of dead cap for these bad players or $10 million of dead cap and actually have $10 million left over to get some young players in. The the problem comes in where it's like tw- you now have $10 million of dead cap and you don't have a first round pick until 2024. <laughs> yeah, because you've had to pay teams your first rounders to take those off you. Good, exactly. Oh, mate, it's... oh, God. It's so well, bad. It's a bit. Speaking of the lottery then, there were some changes proposed to the draft lottery. Teams would be limited to no more than two lottery wins in a five-year period. Teams would be allowed to jump only 10 spots with a lottery win. And the number of picks decided by the lottery would be reduced from three to two. What do you think of that? All right. <laughs> it's, you're not fixing the issue. Like It's going to be an issue for, for when something else happens. When like the ninth place team who, I don't know, say the stars this year finish, you know, with the ninth highest odds and then jump to the first first overall pick, and Detroit don't uh, end up picking third. That's still going to be the same issue. You're just removing one pick. Yeah, exactly. It's still the, that was my, the issue. That was my thinking. Yeah, the the issue that the league and the GM seem to have with it is when undeserving teams end up with high picks, such as, say, the the Flyers and the Stars in 2017. Uh, like the the, the, the Avalanche. Yeah, the Rangers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Rangers getting first overall when they... I can't even remember where they finished, but they were in the playoffs. They were in the playoffs, of course. Like, this this is it. Like, they have not fixed the issue. They've just kind of 
as in true NHL fashion, and just trim a little bit off the edges, just a little bit, and say so they've moved the face-off dot two inches closer to the to the goal, and they're like, "Bosh, scoring's gonna rocket, mate! Don't worry about it." This are oh, they've removed like three teams who can be part of the pick, and like, oh, don't worry, you can only pick first twice in three years. Like if you win the lottery, like that's gonna solve all our problems. It's it's ridiculous. It's utterly ridiculous. This is why I never. They just. This is why I never got on board fully with. Okay, the lottery's fun because it's fun to see teams jump up. Just keep it as it is in every other sport. If you're the worst team, you get the first pick. That's it. And now what? The issue is, is like they've gone to do a a piece of work or something. They're writing a book, and halfway through they've changed the plot of the book, and then they get to the end of the book and they go, oh, "What was the plot again?" And then they go back to page seven and change a few more words. And now the plot's just completely wrong and messed up in every single way. Because, like you say, they've not removed the issue here. The issue will still happen. Teams would only be allowed to jump up ten spots. That's in... Like, <laughs> just... Only ten. Only ten. Only ten. Just think how that sounds. Only ten. So, like you say, next year, when a team is in the ninth position and they finish first, we're just going to have it all over again. We're just going to have it all over again. And I've said before, the lottery does not help teams in any way. I get it's meant to discourage tanking, but teams tank for a reason. They can tank, they get the best player, now they can come back up and try again. The fact that last year, in the the fucking ping pong balls, that Toronto or Edmonton or whoever could have won the lottery again just goes to prove that. That it's just a flawed system. And what's going to... Okay, what's going to happen is, I can guarantee, and this as well, with these changes, okay, teams can be limited to no more than two lottery wins in a five-year period. What's going to happen is you're going to get at some point you're going to get two franchise players, and then the same team's going to win it like back to back, like Edmonton did back in whenever it was, and then some team's going to get the first pick in 2023 and the first pick in 2024, and then people are still going to be mad. What's well, not fair? The same team won it back to back years. Well, that's and especially if those teams jump up from three to one both times or two to one both times. It's just it's so it's such a fucking mess. Do you know what? My book analogy was terrible. Here's what it is. They're making a meal. The NHL are trying to make a meal and they just keep adding more and more and more ingredients. And in the end, you can't take enough ingredients out and you just fucking ruined it. The best thing to do, throw the whole thing in the bin and just start the meal again and just make egg and chips. There you go. Done. Because everyone loves egg and chips. You can't, you can't, you can't beat it. it. Everyone loves egg and chips. It's, it's, it's simple, a... straightforward. Not, nothing's confusing about it. Nobody's left dissatisfied or feel like they've been cheated. Like we were saying before about the ESPN deal and stuff like that, trying to get new fans into it. Oh, is it the NHL draft tonight? Yeah, yeah. You know what? I'm not a fan, but I might watch it. Oh, okay, cool. Who's picking first? Well, I don't know yet, mate. You never know. <laughs> what do you mean you don't know? Why, what? Why am I watching it then? <laughs> well, because you never know. Why do you not know? Well, because it depends who gets the ping pong ball. What ping pong ball? What are you talking about? <laughs> so fucking dumb. And and you you turn, in theory, you turn eyes away from the product during the season. Like you know, say you're yeah. a say you're a fringe Red Wings fan, and your team's really shit one year. But like, oh, it's all right. We'll we'll get a good player for next year, and you slip down to four. And because of the nature of the NHL draft and and bringing amateur players into the league, even if you pick four as opposed to one, it hell, even if you pick one or two, this this year what the second overall pick isn't in the league. Yeah. So yeah, like you're not guaranteed to have. Even a, even an NHL player the next season, let alone a game changer. So you th- you're going to get a lot of fringe fans thinking, "Well, what's the fucking point of sticking around?" 
why would I stick around on the off chance that my team might get a decent pick? But it might not if a fucking one of fucking Gary Bettman's hairs falls in the ping pong ball machine and it bounces off the ping pong ball by 0.01 millimeter, and the other team gets the fucking pick. Yeah, well, it, how is it's, that fair? it's a little known fact that that's how Sidney Crosby ended up in uh, in Pittsburgh. Actually, very true, very true. The older uh, Patrick Ewing frozen envelope deal. Oh yeah, we know what happened. There you go. <laughs> Jordan Binnington. Six years at six million for a guy that, uh, and I quote, will be playing in the AHL in a few years. Will, what are your thoughts on this? I think that's going to be a hard, uh, hard contract to bury in the AHL in a few years. Like, would you? <laughs> He's only bought a house in San Jose. I heard. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's going to be it's going to be one for one. Uh, Timo Meyer for for Jordan Bennington. Mate, it's, I've I've said it before. Like the guy is he's. He's snake oil. He's pure snake oil. He's not good. He ain't good. He's he's a poor man's Matt Murray, is what he is. Damn, damn. I did what? do a uh, I did a little statistical digging for this, as I like oh, to do now and again, on. even though I'm missing tangibles. What, what do you say? Has it hit me with it? I'm I'm buzzing. I'm buzzing to see. All right. So, uh, forty-four goalies in the league who have played a minimum of six hundred minutes. You know, you have to get a decent sample size. You can't have a goalie who's played ten minutes. It doesn't work like that. So of the 44 goalies who've played a minimum of 600 minutes, he's 27th in save percentage, 28th in goal saved above average, and 22nd in high danger save percentage. Fucking excellent. So he's barely an NHL quality starter, and he's getting $6 million a year. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> nah, nah, and he's, and he's like getting it. older. And mate, we are still, we're still, it's, 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 it is... Scott Darling all over again. It's Andrew. He's Andrew. If Andrew Hammond won a cup, this is what happens. He was in the AHL two years ago and wasn't even looking at getting a call up. Didn't even deserve one. And I feel, of course, as though he has that potential to, I don't know, set fire to a dressing room or try and run a player over in his car or something like that. He seems quite tempestuous, doesn't he? Oh yeah, without a <laughs> doubt. I mean, he's going to become a Tony D and a set of goalie pads, isn't he? <laughs> okay, he's always going to be Hextall. That's what he's going to just going to get loads of penalty minutes. <laughs> Mate, it's it's ridiculous. It's utterly ridiculous. I don't, if there's a dog that needs a, needs binning off, it's fucking Doug Armstrong. Do, you, do it now uh, before because they're, they're going to end up like San Jose in a few years. I reckon at this rate, and you've got six million and what six years is it? Yeah, yeah invested in in an AHL goalie, bang average goalie, not even bang average. Like it's it's ridiculous. It's just going to keep piling and piling and piling until they end up like the like the sharks but but they're going to be more of like a middle class sharks with a bunch of like yeah you know, your Braden Shens and all that just wrapped up at roughly 7 million Justin Falk roughly 7 million Tory Krug Mar- Marcus Cantella over 3 million for the next 3 years after this one <laughs> it's going to be the same story just with smaller capits and worse players at their peak yeah I agree I agree what would you just quickly, what's the limit you personally? So you're a GM of any team. Your goalie has a good year. What's the maximum you would say? Okay, I would I would pay that for a goalie. I'll be totally fine with that, even if it's I don't know, like a, like a decent term, four, five, six years. Like, what is the limit? If I if I want for for decent term, I think I'd ideally always go bridge with goalies. That's why it's not realistic necessarily because of how the market's set. Ooh, like I, I like understand I like why why Binnington got six. Because again, if you're looking at Matt Murray in Edmonton, uh, sorry, Ottawa, who's just got six for four years, you've got to say, well, I'm, um, in theory, a better goalie than him at the moment, which eh, doesn't seem that's the case. 
but I can understand why. And yeah, it's, it's unrealistic, but I'd never want to go longer than like three years on a goalie, really. And what would you pay them, cash-wise? Whatever. It depends, depends on the goalie, doesn't it? Like, I think I'd, I'd still probably give... You'd have to give your Vasilevskis and, and that, you know, your nine millions, wouldn't you? Do you oh, that's a good point, actually. Do you... Are you happy with that contract? Let's take just let's just take the best goalie in the world, not called Kerry Price, obviously, because he's still apparently the best. Goalie of course, in the, the world. best, the best European goalie in the world. Yeah, the best European goalie in the world. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, it, Vasilevsky's contract. Are you happy with that, or would you be like, yeah, no, sorry, you're not having, you're not having nine. In in an ideal world, I wouldn't be happy with it, but to an extent, he's two by three. Got, yeah, you've got to pay him. You've got to pay him, haven't you? Yeah, you do. It's it's hard. It's hard. Like there's a reason I'm not even like an amateur scout for a elite <laughs> league team, let alone like anything else. You know yeah, what I mean? like, I'm that's the re- a... that's the reason, Will, because you undervalue goalies. <laughs> that's the reason. Because <laughs> I, I won't pay you. Uh, Dominic Hasek, would I give him six million a year for seven years? A little bit steep for my liking. <laughs> a bit too long. A bit too long. I'm, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna gonna use the. Uh, the smart man's goalie tandem of Keith Kincaid and uh, Curtis McElhenney for a combined $1.8 million cap hit. <laughs> yeah. No, I, th- I think like there is there is some wisdom to that. To, like, if you've got... It, it takes utter, utter confidence to do it. But yeah, ideally, you turn down any goalie who's, who wants more than $5 million and just roll the dice. Get an absolute well of goalies in your system. And just like rotate through them until you find one that has a hot hand for that season, and then accept that maybe you know Jim Jones isn't going to be your goalie next season. Next year it's going to be Dave Davison, and then after that it's going to be Alex Alexanderson. Like you know what I mean? It's gonna. That's kind of it's 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 a little bit what Carolina seemed to be doing, but now they've just ended up a little bit. They didn't commit full full force to that, so now just saddled with Mrazek and Reimer, who are fine. But even then, I'd I'd kind of rather be in Carolina's position than St. Louis's position or or uh, Montreal's position. Yeah, and we've said we've said it a million times. It's you put a good system in front of a goalie, he looks better. When like when when Claude Julian was on his way out with with the Bruins, Tuka Rask looked terrible. Yet now he looks amazing, and he's you know his save percentage and everything looks great because they they play they played under a good system under Cassidy. Same with like the fucking Islanders, perfect example, yeah. perfect example. Like Robin Lehner, yeah. There's no way, mate. You're getting that much money. See you later. Okay, <laughs> we'll just get, we'll just get another guy in. Who they then give the same amount of money to? Which is that's, that, that's the problem with like the the cap management side of it. The Islanders is a perfect example because they've got Varlamov, who's a fine goalie, who's doing perfectly well, and then it's a little bit different because Sorokin is, you know, in theory, going to be a very very good NHL goalie who they've got for cheaper than they should do. Just get two. Well, Colorado, like all due respect to Philip Grubauer, he's not he's not like a world beater. He's not up there as he's not a name brand goalie. You know what I mean? And what's your three, yeah. three, three, Play, yeah, playing three, three. Good system nine nine twenty five this year. You put good players in front of a goalie who like feels confident in his defense and all that kind of thing. Suddenly, he looks way better. In the case, you make a great point: is that last night fucking Daniel Vladar comes in for the Bruins in his first ever game, gets a win. Joey Decord comes in for the Senators on about 45 seconds notice against the Leafs and gets a win. It's exactly. such a, we've said before, it's such a voodoo position. Why are you chucking all that money at a goalie? You don't. You really don't need to do it. Get a good it's, system it, in front of him. Your goalie will be fine. 
I said it's, it's a paradox. It's equally the most important position in the game and also the least important position at the same time. Like, yeah, yeah, it's you can you just don't like you say it's voodoo. You don't know what's going to happen. So in a lot of ways, you'd be better off taking your spare five, six, seven million that you're going to try and invest in. Vasilevsky's a hard one because he is just so good at the moment but in in yeah. any other goalie take the spare money that you'd invest put it in someone who's like 25 and perfectly alright and invest that money in having decent D-men in front of them decent forwards in front of them like anything put put that money in a coach's pocket and get in Bruce Boudreau or someone in front of them like or Pochettino as we said Pochettino yeah Pochettino get, um, <laughs> get, get Jose in there just part the bus It'll be fine. <laughs> so those of you who don't know, in footy, parking the bus is essentially the devil's trap. That's what that is. You just don't, you know, nothing. You get one goal and then that's it. You just, everyone just drops back and stays there for the whole just, game, making sure nothing chill. else happens. Get your low block out and just, just wait. Wait it out. Yeah. yeah, right. 58 minutes left on the clock. Let's just wait, boys. <laughs> yeah. They're going to pull an empty... And we've only got our last 56 minutes because they'll pull their goalie with two minutes left and we can get an empty netter and win 2-0. Easy. God, then we're, then we're fucking home dry. Everyone hit the showers. <laughs> I was going to quickly touch on the Flames. who are already 3-0 under Sutter, but that just feels like too reactionary and there's no point going crazy. Even though the fucking Canadian media are just fucking nuts this year. They're all completely nuts in every market. I'm checking out every single market because it's just brilliant. It's just brilliant every week how they just go completely up and down. Oilers, oh my god, they're fucking awesome. They're amazing. They've won six in a row. Like, play the Leafs. Don't even get, like, I think they scored one goal in three games. Well, this is terrible. This is why they're really bad. They're completely out of it. This is why, they like, McDavid needs help. Four games later, McDavid and Drysdale don't need anybody. They're just fantastic. Same with the Flames. They're terrible. Now they're amazing. The Canucks is brilliant. Oh, great. Canadian media, fucking gone bonkers this year. It's great. Yeah, my, my advice is to not waste any thought on coaches or teams who aren't going to be employed or any good next season so that saves you a lot of time that way yeah that's a good point that's a good point and uh, there was one other thing just quickly oh it was only about uh, Patrick Laine only getting three minutes again the other night in the third period oh my god just... like <laughs> <laughs> text me when Torres gets fired fucking hell right. I, I just quickly okay just quickly that. I did quickly check his ice time and he's getting uh, 18 minutes, 13 seconds this year, which isn't this season that's, so far, which isn't terrible. But when, when you consider the rest of that forward core, like... Yeah, that's the thing. He, he should be on... He should be tickling 20, and that's if, like, he gets a goal and then you're shutting up shop. Yeah, because I, 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 I then had a quick look at teams who do rely on sort of two or three or four forwards who really, really drive the team. So um, McDavid and uh, Dreisaitl are up around 22, and so are Matthews and Marner. They're both up around 22. So I think, yeah, like, Lina should be getting at least 20 a night. And 20 play three minutes. And like I said before, like, he's a goal scorer, yet you're going to make him, you're going to punish him for not scoring goals by putting him in a, in a position to not score more goals. Yeah, it's but putting him in a weird. position where it's illegal for him to have his stick on the ice, like, <laughs> that'll, that'll do it. <laughs> And I was looking at her lineup the other day, and it was like it was fucking upside down at the centre position. They had like Riley Nash as their first line centre between uh, between Line A and I don't know somebody Felino maybe no um Bjorkstrand. Then I think it was like I think it was um fucking Dubinsky or somebody as their second line centre. Then Roslovic third and Texier on the fourth, and it's like what 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 is happening? What is going on? It's utter utter insanity. 
it's, uh, it'll just end up with with talks either being sacked or not having his um, having his contract renewed at the end of the year, and and we'll see what what happens from there. Do you think that's? Oh, sorry, I keep saying just quickly. Do you think that's what he's doing? Do you think he's he's put because the team have told him, like uh, Kekalainen has told him that we're not going to re up you after this year, and he's just gone right then. <laughs> nah, I think I think if it was like a reaction to. Kekalein and saying you're if, if it was like a serving out your notice type thing Boone Jenner was the other centre I was trying to remember if it was a serving out your notice type thing I don't think I don't think he'd still be here I don't think this is like so clearly linked to anything there's a lot of conspiracy theories about our oh, Torres is trying to get fired I don't necessarily believe he's trying to get fired but his decisions are gonna you know, inevitably lead to him being fired unless they magically turn around and Start smashing it. Yeah, I think you're right. It is. Yeah, it is bizarre though. It is very weird. All right, there we go. Fantastic. Thank you for listening, everybody. Will, any last words? Uh, I'm going to go and sleep. I think. <laughs> treat treat myself. Treat yourself to a nice little snoozy snooze. Sounds good. Oh yeah, a little a little siesta. A little siesta. All right, there we go. Thank you, everybody. Take care. We'll talk to you next week. Peace. Peace.